2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. Now this, this is to give you some context. This is Paul. He's, uh, he's in prison in Rome, but he's writing to Timothy. He says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I'm going to know you don't have to fear. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us. This is what I want to hear, I want us to hear today. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality, not immorality, immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And you'll see where I'm going here in just a few minutes, but I want to preach this to us today. He knew you first. He loved you first, and He called you first. Amen? Let's lift our hands one more time today. Lift our voice to the Lord. God, I thank You so much, Lord, for Your sweet presence that I feel in this house today. We know, God, or we know surely that when we come together, Lord, and we're gathered together in Your name, that You're here in the midst of us. We feel Your presence and Your goodness and Your love and Your peace in this house today, and I thank you for it. Oh, but I ask that you would open our ears and open our understanding and open our hearts, Lord, to hear your word for just a few moments today. And I believe we're going to be changed and made better by it in the name of Jesus. Everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Now clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. That he saved us, he called us, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. I want to, I want to look at Jeremiah in uh, the twentieth chapter of Jeremiah. He called Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Jeremiah went through some stuff, and he he's. We see in chapter 20 where he's arrested and shamed for obeying the command of the Lord and proclaiming His Word in the temple. And he's arrested and shamed. And, uh, there are people that, that they, they translate when it talks about him being put in the stocks that that's actually like a pit, like a cave. And, uh, and he's, he's in a bad place <laughs> mentally. And in verse 14, he just starts going on. He said, Cursed be the day wherein I was born. Let not the day wherein my mother bare me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man child is born unto thee, making him very glad. I want to insert here. 
shortly we're going to be having a child, and I want you to know that when he's born, I'm going to, the way I'm going to announce it is that a man-child has been given unto us. That just sounds really cool. It says, let, let, the, let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew and repented not. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontide, because he slew me not from the womb, or that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb to be always great with me. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame. To summarize that, Jeremiah is saying, I wish that I had never been born. Cursed be the day that I was born. I wish that I, that, he said, I wish the womb of my mother would have been my grave. That's a low point. But what Jeremiah needed to remember was way back in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. When he said, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah is in such a low point that he's saying, I wish that I had just never been born. But he needed to remember when the Lord said, no, before you were born. In fact, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, I sanctified you, I had a purpose and a calling for your life. You can look at John the Baptist when he's in prison. He had been uh, preaching in the wilderness and preparing the way of the Lord and saying there's one coming after me. And he's talking about Jesus. He's preparing the way. And he finds himself in prison. And when the disciples are there to see him, he said, I want you to go and, and tell Jesus that I asked, are you he that should come? Or do we look for another? After what he's seen and what he knows and what he's preached and proclaimed about the Lord, he's in this low place and he says, I want you to ask Jesus, are you the one that should come? Are you the one that I've been preaching about that we've been waiting on? Or should we wait for another? But what John needed to remember was that story that his mother Elizabeth told him about when he was in the womb. And his Aunt Mary, who was carrying Jesus, came and greeted Elizabeth. And when they got close, and when she greeted Elizabeth, it's John, who had not moved in the womb as of yet, leapt in his mother's womb because he got close to the purpose that he was there for. See, when he was in the womb, he was called to be a prophet, declaring the way of the Lord and preparing the way of the Lord. He needed to remember that there's been purpose on me since before I was even born. Don't tell me, just let me insert this here, don't tell me that it's just a clump of cells or just a mass of tissue in that womb. A child in the womb is formed by God and is destined by the will and the purpose of God. And that's why the spirit of this world would like to abort the plan of God. I'm telling you, these children are precious. 
And before they were even formed, God had his hand on them, had a purpose. Let me tell you, it don't matter the circumstances to which you were born. It doesn't matter why or how you came into this world. Before you were formed, God knew you and he had a purpose for you. And you need to know that today. Psalm 139, verse 13, David wrote, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. He said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Let me tell you that God knew you first. Before you ever came to know Him. Before you ever found yourself in a church or in an altar or in need of the Lord. Before you could feel. Before you could hear. Before you were aware of anything. Before you came into existence. The Lord had a purpose for you and He knew you. I want to tell you that the Lord knew you first. He knew you long before you knew Him. Does anybody believe that today? That he knew you first. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, it simply says, We love him. How many love the Lord? Well, it says, We love him because he first loved us. Before I could, I was capable of loving him. He loved me first. In Jeremiah, again, in chapter 31, verse 3, the Lord said, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. I've always loved you. I'm the, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and I've always loved you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. In Revelation 13 and 8, it calls Jesus the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In John 3.16, it says that He so loved the world that He gave. God created the world with the cross in view. Before the fall of man, He had a plan. He was the Lamb slain from the very foundation of the world. Let me tell you that He loved you first. In Hebrews 12 and 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. The joy that was set before Him was that the creation that sin had estranged from Him was about to be purchased and adopted with His blood. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In times past, we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. I'm telling you, I've been adopted, and I'm a child of the King. I'm a child of my Heavenly Father. Before there was sin, before the fall of man, He loved you first. And He, cre- he said, let there be light, and He knew there was a cross. He said, let the, the, the land and the sea and the ferment above, the earth below, all this stuff, fishes and whales and animals. Before He said all of that, He said, there's a cross in view. Because I loved them before they even came into existence. How many of you, I heard this example the other night. How many of you, you parents that have, have babies or have had babies, they might be grown now, but you love that baby. Love them. You don't, here's the thing, that baby can't do anything for you. 
It can't cook, can't clean, can't drive to the store for you. It can't pay rent, can't buy its own toys, can't do nothing for you. In fact, what it's best at is crying, whining, needing something, making a mess, making more mess. It's, you don't love that baby because it's useful to you. In fact, you lose a lot of sleep, and I'm getting ready for it. Lose a lot of sleep, spend a lot of money, use a lot of energy. That baby can't do nothing for you, but you love that baby. You'd do anything for that baby because it's yours, because it's in your image. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, called us with an holy calling, not according to our works. I want to tell you that He loved you first. When you were, not because of anything you could do or anything you could provide. In fact, just like a baby, a lot of times, what, there are times we've gone through that it seemed like all I'm good for is crying and whining and needing a breakthrough in the altar and calling out because I need something. Sometimes I've, I've really probably given God a headache. God's had to, had to put a lot into me, but He loves me anyway because I'm His. He loves me anyway because I'm His. I was created in His image. I'm His creation, and the Creator loves His creation. I want to tell you that He loved you first. Anybody know that He loved you first? We love Him because He first loved us. And back to our opening text in 1 Timothy, I'll read verse 9 again. Who hath saved us, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You need to know that you're known by God, you're loved by God, but you're called by God. And He called you first. Before you could ever call on Him. Before you ever cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. There was something that was drawing you. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. Before you ever called out and said, Lord, I need you. I need, Lord, I'm repenting. I'm turning around. I'm giving my life to you. There was something that was drawing you first. He called you first. I think about when it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll hear them. He said, the, the, the called people need to start calling on me. I've called them so they can call on me. You're called according to His purpose, church. He called you out of darkness. 
into his marvelous light. He called you first. You didn't, uh, you didn't fill out an application for this thing. You didn't go looking for this thing, but something inside you led you to where you are today. Let me tell you, it, this might be the first time you've ever set foot in an apostolic church, but I'm telling you that you're here for a reason, not by coincidence, not just because somebody invited you, but whether you knew it or not, the Lord was ordering your steps because he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He said, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to commune with you. I want to save you. I want to bless you. And so I'm calling you. I can't call on him except that he called me first. And I want to tell you that when he called you, he factored in. I'll say this for myself. He factored in my stupidity at times. When the Lord called you, He already accounted for the mistakes that you would make. He already accounted for the times that you would disappoint Him. He already accounted for, for the trials that you would face. When He called you, He knew about the loss that you would endure. When He called you, He knew about the times that your heart was going to shatter into a million pieces. When he called you, he knew sometimes you were going to fall flat on your face. He knew you were going to be confused sometimes. He knew you were going to be in need sometimes. He knew you were going to feel like I'm sitting in darkness sometimes. He factored all that in when he called you. God didn't make a mistake when he called you. And sometimes you, you think, I've been doing good. I've been going to church and God's just been moving in my life. And now all of a sudden you feel like, why do I feel like I'm in this low place? Maybe it was a mistake, me coming here. Maybe it was a mistake, me trying to live for God. I'm telling you that it's not a mistake, and you're not a mistake. And just because you've made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. I'm telling you that God didn't make a mistake when he led you to this altar. God didn't make a mistake when he called your name. God didn't make a mistake when he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God didn't make a mistake when he called you to pray or to teach a Bible study or to preach or to sing or to serve. God didn't make a mistake when he called you to this church. I'm telling you, you're in the will of God. You're right where God led you, right where God placed you. The gifts in Romans, it says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God's not going to say, I'm so sick of them. I, I just repent that I, that, you know, in Genesis, he repented that he even made man. But he found Noah, that one righteous man. We're not talking about Noah. He also vowed to never do that again. The way that he destroyed the earth in a flood. He said, I'm not going to do it again. I'm telling you that you can't mess up so bad to make God repent that he made you. You can't mess up so bad or be in such a dark place to make God repent that he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You cannot make God not love you. You cannot make God feel like I made a mistake when I called this one or this one's too messed up. When you fall flat on your face, God is waiting at the windows of heaven saying, I wish they would call out to me. I wish they would ask me for forgiveness. I wish they'd ask me for a blessing. I wish they'd ask me for a miracle because I'm ready. Because I, I knew them first, and I loved them first, and I called them first. I want to tell you that God didn't make a mistake with you. You've gone through some stuff. 
Anybody say amen? Hey, pastor, God knew about every heartache, every stab in the back, the low times, the high times. But He called you here for a reason. He called you because He knew what He was doing. Somebody here today, you feel like I've been taking steps in my walk with God, but now I find myself in this dark place and flat on my face. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have tried. Maybe I got overzealous. Maybe I just got caught up in what everybody else is doing. No. I'm telling you, God did call you. God called you right where you are. God called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You think about your situation and why you've got the questions in your mind. Does God love me? Does God know what's going on with me? Did God call me? Yes, yes, and yes. And He did it all first. He did it way before you would... And that's the point I'm trying to get across today. And hey, I'm, I'm fixing to be done. But the point that I'm trying to get across to us today, and music can come, in fact. You can stand. I knew I wouldn't be long today. I wanted to just speak what the Lord told me to speak. But this is what I want us to hear. This is what I want us to understand. That you've got to get it through your head that God did it first. You didn't beg Him. God, love me. You didn't have to beg Him. God, call me. God, pay attention to me. He knew you first. He formed you in your mother's womb. And He loved you first. Times that you have felt unlovable. Times that you felt like such uh, just a mess up and a mistake. God loved you first. And God called you. And I want to speak that, just drive that home to somebody today who feels like I'm a mistake. Or I've, I've made a mistake in thinking that God could really call me to anything greater. Call me to a greater life than I've been living. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar and the father of it. If he's talking, he's lying. I'm telling you the truth today. That God did call you. That God does have His hand on your life. That you are right where God wants you to be. And if you can today grasp that, I believe if we'll grasp that as individuals, then we'll get it as a church. And we'll be able to move forward in ways that we haven't moved forward yet to know and have that confidence that I am known and I am loved and I am called by God. God didn't make a mistake with you.